start playing uh, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. It's uh, key of F, I believe, number 670. Just want to welcome each and every one. God bless you richly. May the Lord meet your every need tonight. Looking forward to the word. Brother Murphy is coming to speak to the congregation. and I know that God has put something on his heart for our very need and to strengthen and build us up in the faith. Amen? Amen. Just before we sing this song, I was talking to Brother Mucci last Sunday and he was telling me of his, you had mentioned him and the little girl and she's two years old now so I was talking to him about his little daughter and he says, oh she just loves to sing. She loves to sing. And one of her favorite songs, her favorite song is this song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. So I'd just like to sing that together as a congregation in commemoration of what the Lord has done for our brother and sister and what he's done for all of us. Amen. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him out. Just to rest upon his promise To know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I proved him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Jesus. Yes. 
ask uh, Brother Tom to come and yes, yes, Brother Tom to come and uh, take us to the throne of grace and prayer. He's got a couple of announcements as well. There's a prayer request here for Sister Clara Wallman, who's not feeling well. So we just want to remember that in prayer also. evening saints god bless you nice to be again gathered together some here and some out there and one day will be a great gathering in the air we're looking forward to that as brother nathan was saying brother murphy wong will be ministering this evening and looking forward to the word of god and uh, i'd like to make the announcement that brother ken andes will be taking the evening service at the camp this weekend so uh, morning service will be at 10 a.m and the evening service up at the camp will be at 4 p.m. And we're looking forward to that. Brother Andy's was so gracious to take the uh, meeting for us. He and we're look, we love his ministry and just pray that God will bless him and the saints as they will gather on Sunday evening. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear and gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, we approach you, the true and living God. One that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Lord, we have many needs within the body. Sister Clara has asked for prayer. Brother Milko, in the situation that he's in. Our dear precious brother Henry also. Lord, the enemy has come, but we resist him. We come against him as a body of believers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in prayer. We believe that you answer prayer. You said, ask anything in my name, believing, and you shall have what you ask. And so, Lord, I'm praying that you will raise these precious brethren up, touching our dear sister Clara, moving amongst the body. We're praying, God, that you will anoint Brother Murphy and that the word of God will come forth in power and in demonstration, that lives will be changed, hearts will be turned, eyes will be surrendered to you. Lord, we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we have uh, an announcement we'd like to make. Uh, I don't know if they've got it up. Are they showing it there? This darling little baby. Last night I got a call from Brother Randy late late last night. And I said to Brother Randy, I said, what, what's going on? You've never called me late in your life. You always call me early. And he said, well... Brother Tom, we're asking that you would pray and the saints would pray. Sister Jessica was taken to the hospital to have her little baby a little bit early, but everything is fine. Mother and baby are doing well. So Sister Jessica and Brother Aaron Hardy are happy to announce the birth of Chloe Ray Hardy. And born May the 11th, 2021, 7 pounds, 6 ounces. We are adding to the body through baptisms by the word of God and by the birthing of these wonderful children that God has given us. So we rejoice and I'm sure Grandma and Grandpa Snow are just very thrilled to know that God has given them another girl for the family. So God bless mother and daddy and little baby Chloe. God bless you all. Brother Nathan. Brother Tom. Thank you all for standing. Let's can have your seats if you like.
Maybe we'll sing a couple more songs and we'll invite Brother Murphy to come. Um, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into and are safe. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is Singing a song of praise that just puts fire in my bones, energy in my feet. Come to church all tired out and worn out, and to get into His presence, my the Holy Spirit just energizes you. I trust that you feel the same. Amen. We're going to invite our brother Murphy, and we'll like to sing together. Holiness, holiness is what I long for.
desired of our hearts I'm sure it is Lord to take our life and to mold us and that's what we're uh, coming to church for and when I say to come to church it doesn't mean that uh, you come into this building but uh, in which you are and that's the church and that's where God can meet you no matter where we are and God has no boundary for space and the time that he can meet at all in our need and we're the needy people and so that's why we're coming to the Lord. And I know that His Word is just going to meet all our need. If we have a receiving heart, just open our heart to receive Him. You know, we're not uh, just uh, uh, listening to a service and um, sing a few songs. We mean businesses with God. And we know He can do a great mighty works that among us. Can heal us, can deliver us, and can uh, put to the face in our heart to, to believe every promise of a God to be the truth. So um, uh, thank you for the musician. And I really appreciate all the technicians, the brothers, and uh, make this as possible. And so uh, I just wonder if we can uh, turn to the scripture. Um, turn to a book of um, Hebrew, chapter uh, 11. 
Uh, let's read a few uh, scriptures. Um, then I would like to uh, speak uh, 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 the subject. Let's uh, whom the world was not worthy. Let's turn to a book of the Hebrew, uh, chapter 11. Verse 20, uh, sorry, verse 32. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, whom through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, Stopped at the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped at the edge of the sword, out of a weakness were made strong, waxed the valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others have a trial of a cruel mockings and scourge, scourgings. Yea, moreover, of a bounds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed asunder. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and the goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in desert and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And this all, having obtained the good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Uh, let's turn to a book of a Revelation, uh, chapter uh, chapter 5. Uh, this is uh, probably uh, one of the most um, uh, familiar scripture uh, that we have, and I know that many times we have been reading it, but um, I never got to read, a, I never got a tired of this, because this is a scripture talking to us in this hour that we're living in, that in here that we can find our portion. Uh, it was the most sublime of scripture that you might. And the chapter 5, let's read from verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sit on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in an earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders says unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and the twenty elders fell down before the lamb, 
having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odor, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou was a slam and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and town and people and nation. May the Lord bless his word and let's bow our head again. Our dear Heavenly Father, what a word that we just read, Lord. Lord, if without the Holy Spirit that in this hour, in this age, reveal this to us, Lord, this is just one of the scripture amongst all the thousands of the scripture. But Lord, by the prophets that you reveal this to us in this hour, let us to understand that the Lamb that was slain that before the foundation of the world, He is worthy and He come and to take the book. How we thank you, Lord, that we can from our mouths that is say, Lord, that you are worthy to take the book. Because the Lord of this word is for this hour that we're living in. We're so thankful, Lord, that you make yourself become a reality to us. It's not something fable, something people are talking about, but Lord, that you make yourself manifested among us. We give you all the glory, Lord. I ask you to review your word it again to us this evening as we're opened up the scripture, Lord, only you can reveal that his word. So Lord, that a word has satisfied us. So that we're not only just reading, we're not only just listening, but we're believing whatever that you have said. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And I would like to uh, speak of the title, Of Whom the World Was Not uh, Worthy. You know, when we're talking about uh, uh, words, uh, it's talking about uh, value. It's talking about um, uh, there was uh, something that uh, you are worth to uh, chasing or you're worth uh, to uh, do. And, you know, I we're constantly, uh, as a believer, right, all the time, uh, we try to ask uh, things, you know, is this a worthy uh, to do? And um, is this um, worthy for me to uh, put my effort uh, in? And uh, you can see that in this world that uh, the people uh, do the same thing. I think it's become a very common phrase. Uh, is it really worth it? Uh, when you talk about the words, because you have to put out uh, the energy and the time and uh, sometimes the money and uh, your uh, sleepless night and try to do certain things because you feel that is uh, uh, things that are worthy uh, for you to do. And if we, um, you know, as a believer, if we just uh, calculate uh, the worth in this uh, just with our uh, experience or our common sense and without a prayer or seeking the will of the Lord, then uh, on the certain important matters, and then we will, you will for sure, you will begin to uh, facing uh, something that is uncertain. And sometimes it becomes the people that make the wrong decision. They're thinking this is worth it. You know, uh, this is must be worth the cost. It's worth for me to do this and to do, uh, to do things, and then and then to find it out is not really worth it. Then they put out the money, they put out the whole effort, then they find out that it's just something that just like a poof, just gone. Is really not worthy to chasing it. You know, in this world, there's really not many things for a believer to really can think is worthy to do. And sometimes we're, if we live on this earth, that's long enough. We live on this uh, 
uh, you know, in this world that we've been influenced by the media, uh, influenced by the, the people's idea, then an opinion. Some uh, people put out a post on the YouTube. Some people uh, say certain things uh, on the, the blog. If we influence by those things, uh, many, uh, which is you cannot avoid to not be uh, influenced because that's the world that we're living uh, living in. Uh, you have to check your text, and, and then uh, uh, you have to uh, sometimes you have to read uh, about what the news said about uh, you know about the COVID or the restrictions and this and that. But you see, that's the tantalizing or tempting tool that the devil has used has distracted the people so many times. And when we've been influenced by that, and we start to making the judgment or decision by what we're looking at or what we have heard. And from what we heard, from what we're looking at, when we're making a decision without seeking really the will of the Lord, what does the Lord say that about that? And then you make it a wrong calculation. And then when they make it a wrong calculation, they start to put a lot of time into it. But you find out that only if just the vanity of the vanity. But if for the believers, I think that's the behoof to us when we are calculate certain things and the decision that we make, the direction that we're going, the certain things that 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 sort of what sort of world has put it before us. No matter what it is, we must calculate it with a prayerful heart. Said the Lord, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it for me to put my time in this? Is it really worth it for me to put my energy? Is it really worth it even to put my ear to listen to that? Is it really worth it to, to even let my eyes be attracted by that even for five minutes? Is it worth my five minutes for that? I think that's for the believer. It's become one of the greatest challenge that in this world, in this world that we're living in, because too many things can attract it, it can influence our decision making. And you see that the world of the people, when they're thinking that this is the worst to chase it, they give their whole self to it. And some Olympic, uh, the, the athletes are there, uh, they are, uh, I mean, I think that the Olympics is going to start uh, pretty soon uh, in, in Tokyo. Uh, and they are working day and night, day in and day out, and, uh, and they work it out, and running, and do everything they can. Why? Because they feel that gold medal, uh, I don't know how many percentage gold is, is in there. Uh, it's worth them, uh, for them to, to chase at it. And what, even you got it. And what, what about it? You know, it was, uh, okay, maybe you, you can, uh, uh, earn a million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever dollar. It just become a number. And they become just advertisements. You become a representative. I think Brother uh, Tim or Brother Tom was saying the last time. And, and they, uh, they, they can represent the, uh, the, the sports company. But then when they put them up and uh, for a few, uh, uh, maybe a few years, and they just use them up and then throw them down and just change another, uh, change another person. Is it really worth it to achieve that? And they did give it all their life to it. And some people, they're giving their money, are giving their goals for chasing the money because they say, this is the worst to do it. And they're working day and night and they dig it out that our first bucket of gold and then it starts going. Because as soon as you got a first bucket of gold and the second bucket is become easier. Then the third and fourth it just become a just go like that because that's just a, a business world. And it's the first one is the hardest. 
But then when they get it, they get on the treadmill. They're thinking, oh, this is something that's worth it to, uh, to chasing it at. And the bucket of gold after the bucket of gold and bucket of gold after bucket. And then it ended up they have the billions of the billions of dollars. They lost their family. They lost their children. They lost their marriage. And it was just, uh, uh, then when they are really sitting down and the, what it end up with, it's just something that's not really worth it of it. That's what is, uh, people in this world, they try to do. And to the people in this world, they tend to always making a wrong decision or wrong calculation about the worth. Because they don't have the, they don't know what is the true value of the certain things. All they saw is just something on the surface. But as a believer, God revealed to us the word. And make himself become a reality to you. You will find out there's only one thing that is the worthy for you to chasing after. To seeking after. To dedicate yourself day and night. To give yourself to study. To give yourself to reading the word of God. To give yourself to, to believe every word of God. Christ that's the only thing that is the worthy to chase it about. Because everything else will pass it away. Only Him, that which is the word that will never be passing away. <coughs> Excuse me. And then because of the world that they tend to uh, calculate the wrong value of the, the true True words in this, and they try to influence this of the people. But for the believer, we only have a one standard to measure if this is the worth or this is not worth. Is this is a benefit for my walk with the Lord Jesus, or is not benefit for my walk with Jesus? And don't go to the place that Jesus won't go, and don't do the things that Jesus will not do. And don't listen to the garbage that Jesus will not put his ear at. And don't look at the trash that Jesus doesn't even turn his eye. That's his arm. And when we have that standard to put it before us, that will give you the true worthiness. You're thinking about the world. They are all, they're, they, they don't have a, the true a measurement of what is the really worth it about. And that's why they are, they get, they have the wrong measurement, the wrong calculation for what is the real, for what is the believers is. They don't have the true view about the worthiness of a believer. And if we not be careful, we bring that same spirit that are among us, amongst the believer, that when we look at it at each other, we didn't see the true value of the believer to be with us. I think this COVID has done a great thing for myself to really look at what is the words in this of together together. What is the words in this to be brothers and sisters that can even hug each other and without being get caught or get arrested. That what is the true words in this for us to have a, even five minutes of a fellowship without a mask at all. What is the true worth in this for us to really to phone up our brother and to say, how are you doing? What is the true worth in this that when you uh, see a brother that's been fellowshipping with us and uh, 
ended up about a, a year, about a year, so then the years. And then, and now, because of the stroke, that it cannot even talk, that it cannot even have a half fellowship or with us. That give us the true words in this. What is the fellowship that is the really mean? Give us the true words in this. What is that person that really mean to me? Because I haven't seen him before for months after months. I've heard of Matthew, the Curtis, Sister Geneva. What is the true words in this of that a brother that I was longing to see? The longing to uh, shake hands of the wisdom. But now I can only see them on the video. I think that gave us the really, to, to give us, a, let us to have the true measurement. What is the real words in this that, is, that it is. But you see the world, they don't give you, they don't have the, what is the words in this, true words in this of a person. That's why when they're making their uh, decision, they're always coming just from the worldly standpoint. Then I'm just, uh, let me name some of the name. I was thinking about, uh, uh, for Brother Ed, that I haven't seen Brother Ed for probably in a month. And, uh, uh he's, uh, at home and sometime uh, that we can see Brother Ed, uh, 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 in the Zoom. That I know that, uh, he's uh, getting older. That, uh, that I think about, uh, uh, you know, just in the last little while, I started thinking about his life. Because I want to say, Lord, I want to live something life that's uh, worthy. I want to live a life that is, uh, worthy, not for people to be talking about. But uh, one of the favorite scripture I like to quote is, uh, when we come before Jesus, that he can say, Murphy, you done what you could. I think here is a man that is old, uh, our pastor, that he can come to the point. He says, uh, the Lord can say to him, you done what you could. And he has been years after the year from this as a youth, from this as young, uh, as a youth and to grow up and to receive the Lord and to give it his whole heart, the whole life to this gospel and method of the prophet and uh take the then after the prophets are gone, take the prophets uh the ministry and to try to bring this uh whole ministry to the world and uh, in whatever form that is to print it into the book, to uh, recording the, the tape, and uh, to go to travel overseas, to Africa, to uh, Europe, to South America, to all different kinds of places, and try to bring the word to the people. I'll say, that's the life that is the worthy. That is the life that is the God can consider that says, uh, this is a man that had done what he could with the things that I put it in his hand. But you see, for the world, what they're thinking, okay. You know, for a brother, uh, I heard, um, uh, actually somebody told me before, they, they, they said to brother Ed, they said, brother Ed, you can be a prayer minister. That's the world thinking that's the worst in this. That's what they're thinking that is the worst in this. But when brother Ed moved his, his whole family, go come to Cloverdale, living in the trailer, cannot even buy a milk, a jar of a milk. And uh, living a life like that, even himself started start to think, you know, I, am I Adam? Am I losing? I, I might have really, but there's a, something that is in him burning, that was a burden in him to do. He wants to live a life that is the worthy. Not for the world standard to be a worthy, but for the God standard that to be worthy. But for the world, oh, they're thinking about, oh, you know, you, you, you can, you can be a prime minister, you know, you can, you can earn money, you can do a lot of, uh, uh things that are with your, 
with your intelligence and your ability to do. But God said, that's not the worthiness that I give it to my children. God said, that's, this is the person, these are the people whom the world is not worthy to have. And then God transferred his vision to the person and said, this world is not worthy for you to have. It's not a we try to do certain things. I'm not going to, I'm going to against this world. I'm not going to, that the world will swallow me. But God has to transfer his vision to you so that you can be considered this world is not worthy to have you. And I was thinking about the different people. Then Brother Tom, that is sitting out of the behind, even he doesn't sit right behind, I would say the same thing. And to give up and it's a business and to get into the ministry and going through months after months of the hardship and the, the, the foot was crushed and all the things that the pain that it went through. I would say, God will say, these are the people that the world was not worthy to come. I'm not talking about a Samson. I'm not talking about a Gideon. I'm not talking about a Rehab. I'm talking about in this hour that we were facing that. It's not that there's a cloud that in the Old Testament that's surrounding us, but we do have a cloud in this hour that is surrounding to us. Then God said, these people are were not worthy for the world to have. And then I was thinking about Brother Tim, that he get he get a, a get a, a into the up to the Grand Prairie, then moved to the up and the quit as a banker's job. And then I go into the little home church and I start to ministering to the people day in and then day out and going through the trial, going through the difficulty, going through the poverty as he was talking about with his ability, with his intelligence. He can do many things according to the world's, world standard of a worthiness. But he giving it up, all of that, to move it over here and to be a missionary in the mission department and try to gather the word to the people. God said, this are the people that this world is not worthy to come, to have. It's not just the worldly standard that it will always calculate it around. But God will give us a true standard. So these people are the world not worthy to come. And then I think about a brother Kim. That are coming from the Hamilton. And then it can be the CDO. And then in a certain oil rig. And a pretty normal wood. And then they humble themselves. Give those things up. Come to the school. And to be a teacher. Just humble little teacher. Be a principal. Help to build the school with the family. Living in a little farm there. Just living a simple life. And to the world. They can't understand it. They're thinking these people are losing it. Is that a word? They're, these people, they're, 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 uh, they're just, they're just gone. They're insane. They're crazy. But to God, God said, this people, this world is not a worthy to come. That should be our worthiness. That should be our measurement. That should be our calculation of what is really worth. God put that a cloud of a witness that has surrounded us. And to tell us that this is the true worthiness. You say, you're talking about, let me talk about some sisters. Some of you are sitting over here. Some don't. Some of you, sister, you are smarter than your husband. Don't let me mention names. 
Some of your sisters, you can be a career woman more than your husband. But you subject yourself not to your husband, but to the word of a God. Because the word of a God has said so. And Brother Ramah talking about his, his own wife, Sister Minnie. And she was doing the washing and everything. And she wondered how can she serve the Lord. Brother Ramah said, what do you mean how can you serve the Lord? When you serve your husband, you serve the Lord. To me, that is the true words in this. You give it up, the, the, the potential that you have. To the world standard, you give it up. What is the world considered the, you know, just, just goes chasing money, doing this and doing that. You stay at home with your children and help with your husband and do everything that God put it in you to do according to the word. God said, this are the woman that says the world is not a worthy to have. That is the real calculation of what is the true worthiness of that is. There was a many case that I can mention. If we mention it too much, we probably won't have the time to do it. But I just want you to understand that it's the word of a God gave us the true measure of what is the real words in this. And we're thinking about the different teachers, the sister Geneva and the sister Ruth Weber and all of them. Don't let me mention them. I probably will forget some. And some has to retire. The sister Raina, the different, the different one. They give it up. They can make a good money over there, but they subject themselves to the word of God and subject themselves to the teaching our children. What a great reward is going to be waiting for you. That is the true words in this. Some of you sisters, you you can be the beauty queen, but you give it up that without putting mask on, without putting and making that on, just be a humble little woman, and without trying to chasing what is the world to be a chasing to be the fashion and the beauty and this and all of those things. What is that? God said, "This are the woman. This are the people that is the world is not worthy to have, because the world never." Give it a true value of the words in this. God, but God said, these are the people that the world is not a worthy to have. Because God's thinking, your worthiness is way beyond, way, way beyond than what is the world can give it to you. The world can give a people just million dollar, a billion dollar. But that's not, the, that worthiness will never buy you. The world can put you, can say, oh, you know, you can be a career, can get a, get a good job in this, but that cannot really buy a person. Why? Because of the true believer, they calculate it right. They look at the word. They look at what is the world, the direction they're going. They say to themselves, that's not worth it. But if there was one thing, it's worth everything that it put it in. If I can ask the other brother in China right now still in jail, is it worth it, Brother Caleb? Is it worth it, Brother Neil? Is it worth it, Brother Elvi? Is it worth it, Brother Pam? If they can be, if their voice can be heard, they were shouting and screaming, said, but every bit is worth it. Because that's for the word of a God. That is the true Worth in this. But a world that can never know what is the true worth in this is. If you ask Moses, is it worth it to give up a pharaohship? To go into the wilderness 
Even if his own people rejected him, is it worth it? Is it worth it to lead the people out of Egypt, go into the wilderness, and people rebel us, and people become against saying of a Korah and, uh, and all the different people? Is it worth it? Moses, is it worth it to stand there on a rock just watching the promise of land without going into it? Moses, is it worth it? To be with the rebellious people as rebellious it can be doesn't appreciate you at all. Is that worthy? If Moses' voice can be heard, he will say, yes, Brother Murphy, it's worth it. No matter what happened to a true believer, no matter what the situation they're in, but when they do the things just for the Jesus Christ, for the name of Jesus Christ, they will say every trial is worth it. Every lockdown is worth it. Every hardship is worth it. No matter what happened, but everything that we do for the namesake of Jesus Christ, that is worth it. The world can never give it a true measurement of this worthy really is. The world cannot give you the definition of what a true believer that it really is. When I talk about a true believer, I don't want you to let the devil to condemn you and say you're not worth it. You are worth it. You are worthy for God to die for you. You are worthy for God to shed his blood for you. That's how worthy you are. You are worthy for the Lamb of God before the foundation of the world coming this hour. Past the Paul, past all those 2,000 years, all those people, but he jumped out and stepped out from eternity, from his meteor ship and took the book. You tell me you're not worth it. It's worthy for the Lamb of God to walk out of from a mediatorship and to take the book, to shed his blood in this hour. Then he'll give the book to you. I think Brother Tom was a preacher today before. It's on the balance. The word in it has to be one on one end of the balance, the other on the other end of the balance. If this on end, this end of the balance, that is the book that the Lamb has to talk. God puts you on the other side of the balance, and the balance is balanced out. Because He said, you are worthy for the word. You are worthy for the Lamb to be slain. You are worthy for the Lamb come from an eternity and took the book and give the prophet and give it to you. That's how worthy you are. Bible said in the John 15, 18 said, If the world hates you, you know that it hate me. Before it hates you. If ye were of the world, the world will love his own. But because ye are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know why the world hates you? You're not a follow the standard the world is going. The world is thinking is a normal. You're absolutely thinking that's crazy. The world had a standard. 
With a common sense, everybody follow. And you are literally going to the wrong di- or opposite direction. And without following it. You know why you are doing that? It's not because you are educated to do that. It's not because some people teach you to do that. The reason you are doing that, because you are coming from another world. That's why you do things not according to the measurement of this world. Because you are coming from another world. You are born from above. You're born from another world. That's why you're so abnormal, so different from what is the world consideration. And one of the things, people hate this message. Not only just a prophet. It's because the message actually categorizes you to a certain group that is so inclusive. It, uh, excluded everybody else, but only you in the rapture. This is a, such a message that caused people with a, such a animosity, the hostile to it. They say, you, you go to rapture, and I'm a better than you, and I'm not going there. Are you talking to me? You're uneducated and don't have a penny then in your pocket of the robbing together. You're going to the rapture. Bill Gates is not going there. Uh, that's the only person I know. I, I forgot of the Amazon. Uh, what is that, that person's name? You mean you're going there and I'm not going there? I own the world. I own probably half of the whole United States, the farmland. I own some hundreds of airplanes that are shipping in the air from one continent to another. Amazon. I own that. You mean to tell me that you're a little farmer and don't know your ABC and you're going to heaven and have paved the street with a pure gold, transparent? Your dirty feet going to be stamping on that gold street and me in hell crying? You're exactly right. That makes this message become a soul people so hostile about this message. Because this message just makes you a little group of people that only you that receive the word in this hour, can your foot be stepping on that go straight? People, if everybody, if the message is said everybody go to heaven, it won't be so hateful. Nobody, nobody will be offended. But because not everybody going there, actually, most of the people don't go in there. And there's a certain group of other people going there that makes people literally hate what you believe. But thank God, our, that worthiness is not our worthiness. But that worthiness is, hey, made me worthy. 
I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. But God, He become a man. He become a lamb that slain before the foundation of the world. He take the book and He made me worthy and He makes you worthy. You see the people. What Adam has lost. That in this hour. God bring that back to us. He restore completely that to us. What Adam lost. That we know that the message taught us. That he lost the title deed. He lost uh, the rights. He lost uh, the authority that God had given to him. He was an amateur God that on this earth, but he lost it. And he, he lost the rights. They forfeited it for the wisdom, the reasoning, instead of a follow God's word. When he lost that, Satan took hold of uh, the, the whole earth. But the title deed went back to the hands of his original owner. And waiting for a redemptive claim, a claim that Abraham is talking about. So if I can say this way, Adam lost his uh, worthiness. It's not just he lost the title deed. It's not just he lost the authority. It's not just he lost uh, the the power that it granted to him. He lost the worthiness to have it, to own it. And the little whole thing. Has went to the original owner, which is God Himself. Why? Because of the sin. Just one word. That's a block. The whole, uh, the way, uh, way of a fellowship, relationship between God and man. The other day I went to visit, uh, our brother Milko with uh, brother Mark. And then we have a, a little time to spend with our dear brother. I'm so happy to say brother Milko. And seeing him, I can uh, speak, uh, amen. It just blessed my heart so much. Amen. And seeing him uh, winking at me and uh, do things like this, it just seems like the old Milko start to coming back. Brother Milko, you are coming back. You are on your way back. Hallelujah. But it, what it break my heart is when I saw my brother is not in his original condition. And uh, to see him cannot fully pronounce the word, cannot see them, cannot move in his whole body as much or as freely as he can move it, that broke my heart. My heart is just bleeding when I saw him. I have to refrain myself and not to cry. And I just, just try to encourage my brother. But I, I, after what I'm thinking about, what is the cost of that? If I understand the, the, the medical uh, 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 correct or, or a bit of a correct. I think it's because there's a clot that in the vein or something blocked the, the, um, the, the blood flow to the brain and uh, caused a stroke or something. And you're thinking about it, just a little thing, probably not even visible by, from your eye. And then a little clot that into the brain and, and then caused the stroke. And then, uh, you know, the, the person was uh, paralyzed. And just a little bit of thing. But you see, that's a little bit of thing that is the sin that I had a cost. And what's the, what's that a little blood clot has a cost that it loses a, um, it loses a, 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 a verbal, 
function. And he lost his, uh, uh, the movement of the hand. And it was uh, just caused the whole big havoc on our brother's body. But you see, that is the sin has a cost. And he, he, he can, can be a, just a little as a little can be. But that little sin can cause a whole lot of damage that you cannot even recognize that person that who has sinned against the Lord. Who has the sin has to have a dominion that over the person he doesn't have to be that a big visible thing that happened to him. And just a little bit of sin costs the whole world that into the corruption. Just a little bit of sin, a little bit of things that happen and it causes other people, then their language become changed. They doesn't talk as a believer that's supposed to talk. They doesn't act as a believer that's supposed to act. They become like the little sin, becoming a lukewarm, all caused just by a little sin that it didn't deal with. But how we thank God that God has provided a cure for that. The physicians that are in the world, they can do, they can do physiotherapy, they can do all kinds of things, try to trim Brother Milko to speak and to come back to the normal life again. But you see, when God doing that, He doesn't need to an education to do that. He doesn't need to seek psychological psychologists to do that. He doesn't need a theologian to do that. All He do is just the Lamb who takes the book and by His blood that you are clean. That he can change your language back to the heavenly language. He can change your life, become a Christ-like life. He can change your ha- habits, become the right habit instead of the wrong. He can change your desire, that you become a heavenly desire. All by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you see, what Adam has lost, he lost his words in this. Because as a human being, and he was a fall, and Eve, and the whole gen- and the whole creation has a fall with him. So he cannot claim the book back. He cannot claim his authority, then everything back. He has to take a kingsman redeemer, and that only can claim that back. So that's why the scripture that we have a Read, just in the beginning, was a, such a tremendous a scripture for me. Brother Bram is said in the preach. He said, and remember, it comes after the seventh church age, when the mysteries of a God will be opened up. Now watch real close. This is something you must get. When a prophet has said something that you must get, and you must get it. He said, now... He had been doing his mediatorial work, making intercession for the believer. For 2,000 years, he had been back there, a lamb. That's what Jesus Christ has been doing. 2,000 years, he has been doing the mediator, media intercession work. But he said, and now he's a stepping forth from eternity to take the title deed book and to break the seal and reveal the mysteries. When of it at the end time. In this hour, that scripture is strictly for you, Brother Jim. For you, Sister Tootsie. 
For you, brother and sister Gindo. For you, Margaret. For you, all of you. The brothers and sisters I cannot see from the United States. That scripture God is given to us in this hour. He said, when of it at the end time. He's not only just doing the mediator work, intercession work. He's been doing that for 2,000 years. But at the end time, he's stepping out. From the eternity of the Lamb. And is stepping out from an intercession work. He come to claim that what is rightfully belongs to Him. That means you are rightfully belongs to Him. That title deed belongs to Him. The rights belongs to Him. The healing, everything, deliverance, all belongs to Him. And He doesn't claim it just for Himself. He claimed that, give it to the prophet, and the prophet, and give it to you, and you receive it. That is the most uh, sublime time for us. And he is the one that worthy to do that. Brother Bram said that an angel's call was a call for the kinsman redeemer to appear. God said, I have a law. A kinsman redeemer can be substitute. Where's the kinsman redeemer? Who's able to take it? Do you realize that a God that is holding the book? But it must be a kinsman redeemer. It must be a man come to take the book. Do you realize that a God's divinity Cannot claim the book. Do you realize the lid of the valley of Sharon or whatever? That cannot claim the book. Do you realize that the Jehovah God created heaven and earth cannot claim the book? Because he take a man. He's not God. He take a man. A kingsman redeemer. That he is only able to claim the book. God, the Godhead, the great Jehovah God cannot claim that book. But it has to be God. Become a man. Then he become a lamb. Then he can come and claim the book. Said that this is a belongs to me. Oh what a sublime time that is. What a worthy marvelous savior that we have served. Even God as a supreme God. That's only he can judge you. That a supreme God can only sentence you to hell. But that God become a man. Then they become the worthy. And come to take the book. But the Bible said that he come from Adam. All the way down through all the apostles. And the prophets and everything else. And nobody was found. He said nobody in heaven. Nobody on earth. Nobody that ever lived. Elijah was standing there. Moses was standing there. All the apostles were standing there of all the ones that had dead and all the holy men, Job, the sage, everyone standing there, but nobody's is worthy because it has to be a man. That's why God himself and coming down in the flesh and to pay the penalty and then he become the kingsman redeemer and he come in this hour and to take the book. And he revealed that to the prophet. And the prophet speaks to us. And by the Holy Spirit, 
we receive it. And as it revealed to us, you become the possessor of that book. Adam was not a worthy to it. All the people, all the saints, all the saints was not a worthy to it. But God said, now you are worthy to take that book. Thinking about it, what a long distance has it traveled. Before, not let alone take the book, you're not even worthy to look at the book. Think about it, what a loser. It's not worthy to look at the book. He can only probing, he can only guessing, all of that. He's not worthy to do that. He's not worthy even to take a book to look at it. They can only guess it about it. What a man loser is. He's a man with a bulldog face. He's a man with a, such a boldness. Was one of the messenger. And I put a 95 analysis that on the gate. Protested against the Catholicism. Was a messenger, but he's not a worthy even to look at the book. John Wesley started the sanctification movement. And without drinking, without smoking, living a holy life, not even worthy to look at the other book. Polycarp, all is the great man of God, not even worthy to look at the other book. Nobody is worthy. But at the end, thinking about this book, it has nobody worthy to look at it, nobody worthy to read it, nobody worthy even to, uh, uh, to take it. But God himself would become a kingsman redeemer. And at his end time would take the book and give it to the prophet. And now it would put on our hand. You're not only just worthy to look at it. You're not only worthy just to read it. You are worthy to say, give me that book. You are worthy to say, give me that book. That book is rightfully belongs to me. The other people can only chewing, can only say, I'm not worthy even to look at it. But you can be boldly coming before. Actually, the angel was pushing you. Said, go, Murphy, take that book. Go, Brother Nathan, take that book. And I was driven to come to put, to take that book. Why? Because we are worthy for to take that book. He said, you're worthy to take the book. Who considered the world is not worthy to have. The Lord said, you are worthy to take that book. And not only take that book, you're even worthy to eat that book. So that you become a one with the word. That's why she is him. Because of his worthiness transferred to you, Brother Nathan, that you become a worthy, that you become a worthy to be one with God Himself. Oh my goodness, the one that's thinking about that. Lord, reveal that to us, please, Lord. How worthy He is. How worthy I am. Oh Lord. How worthy He is. How worthy you are. How worthy he is. How worthy we are. To take the book. And eat the book. And not only that. He's going to prophesy again. 
prophesied it again. That only belongs to the prophet. But he said to the bride, prophesy again. Because of you and the word become a one. It's not you worthy, but I made you worthy. He said, you can prophesy again. And you won't prophesy anything, but the word of God has said. But his tribe, I'm healed. Believe unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your house shall be saved. The one that love you and the one that you love, I've given them all to you. This is not something that you prophesy without a base. You prophesy under the unction of the prophet's ministry. What is the word has given to us? Is that you prophesy just bluntly, just without thinking? You are worthy to see only one thing, worthy to say the word. In the start of churches, for they are worthy. Do you realize who's saying this? It is the Jesus, the worthy one. It has to be a same value, one, to say you are worthy. I cannot say that. You cannot say that. No matter how great a man of a God is, he cannot say that. But Jesus, it has to be a worthy one. As Brother Tom was saying that before, it has to be the balanced one. It has to be the same value. It has to be the same value. But one, same worthy one can see another person and say, you are worthy. I wonder if we do understand that. Oh, sins, may the Lord reveal this to us. Is that a church? Say you are worthy. Is that a theologian? Say you are worthy. Is that Brother Tom or Brother Murphy or Brother Tim? Say you are worthy. Brother Ed, is that them? Say you are worthy. But God said you are worthy. I'm the worthy one. Take the book. If I give that to you, don't you ever say you are not worthy. Don't you ever say you are not worthy for that book. Actually, it's your responsibility to take the book, eat the book, and prophesy that again. And to tread down Satan, whatever he tried to do to you. He said, this is the only one who is accounted worthy to take the book out of the hand of him who was sit upon the throne. And now this worthy one is saying to his saying, saying, you are worthy. Here is this one, the only one qualified to judge. And indeed all judgment is committed unto him. And he says, you are worthy. I won't have time to go in. You're worthy for the word. Maybe next time and I'll, I'll speak it about. That's the only thing you are worthy. There's no other things that you are worthy to have. You're only worthy to have the word in this hour. 
Let me wrap it up over here. It's not your words in this. It's not my words in this. But it's not a worthy one. He is the worthy one. When he become a worthy, as a man thinking, we're thinking, we must be trained to be worthy. You're not a trained to be worthy. You are worthy because of his worthiness. You piggyback on his worthiness. But the Bible said a lot of grace. is that I'm not worthy to live. Look at me. What a horrible looking mess I am. He was talking about a little story. That little mill uh, or donkey got a broken ear, got a horrible looking mill. He said, he could have been look at himself. He said, oh my, when a master come out, he will kill me. He said, he wouldn't feed me. He said, I'm not worthy to live. Look at me. What a horrible looking mess I am. I was thinking about some of us. Oh, don't think some of us. I'll think about me, okay? What a horrible mess that I am. But if the mother could speak back to the little fellow, she'd say, wait a minute, honey. You can live because you are my first. And you have a birthright. And he has to go back and uh, get a lamb without a blemish on it and kill it so that that crippled up looking male could live. It's not uh, your worthiness, but it's his worthiness. Listen to this. It isn't whether you are good enough to be a Christian or not. It's whether he was good enough. If God accepted him and his blood makes an atonement, God don't see you. He sees the Lamb. You know what is the denomination in the world? Why they have a theologian? Why they have a seminar? Why they have a Bible school? Why they have all of those kind of things? They even discounted they discount the gospel, making it so cheap to attract people coming in, making it so, you know, just a, whatever it is, or whatever, just coming over. You know, you can dress a short on this and that, it's just coming. Why are they doing that? Let me tell you why. Because of the denomination, the church, they don't think that he is good enough. That's why they have the use of a man's idea. That's why they have to hyperrate it, that a man's opinion into it. That's why they have to do discount of the gospel, make it as a cheaper, so that he can attract the people. Instead of when the enemy, like a flood coming, you lift up the standard to against it. That's what is the world doing because they don't think that this worthy one is worthy enough. That's why they added all those theology and all the showmanship and everything. But you see, God sent in a ministry trying to prove to us, to let us know that He is good enough. The worthy one is good enough. You said, I'm not enough. I'm not a worthy, but He's enough. He's not looking at your worthiness, but when he's worthy enough, that you are worthy enough. Brother Branham said that that was me, William Branham. No good, not fit to live, worthy to go to hell, born in sinful family, 
raised to the center. Now, no good at all. No, no one sound, no one sound part about me. When God looked down on Christ and Christ took my place, then God don't see me. He sees the perfect one. As long as I'm in here in Him, then I am perfected. Not in myself, but in Him. Not my perfection. I don't have any. You don't have any. But it's a His perfection. Hasn't God sent us a perfect ministry to us? Hasn't God sent us a perfect ministry, perfect message in this hour to us? Hasn't God sent us a perfect discernment one after another, not even one mistake? Well, that shows that God is good enough. He was showing to us He is worthy, Brother David. He is the only one that is worthy. And He's worthy enough no matter how unworthy you feel you like. Or no matter how unworthy Satan has said to you. But He is good enough and He's worthy enough. But that's the way it is today. We guilty, unworthy should die. We're not worthy of a living. We're not worthy to come to Christ. We're not worthy to ask anything. But God never look at your unworthiness. He look at the lamb. Now, if he can't, if he can't find no fault in Christ, then you are free. Let me bring this home. If he can't find no fault in Christ, then you are free. You wonder why there are so many people against this message. You wonder why people become so hostile about this message. You're talking about a crisis time. Why so many Pharisees, Sadducees, Pilate, everyone, they're against Jesus. Let me shock you. Actually, God hired all of them. Because he said, if he can't find no fault in Christ, then you are free. He has to find all this fault finder. He has to gather them together to say, go, find fault. Go, try to find if there is any fault. And they one after another, Judah, everyone after another, even Pilate has said, I find no fault. Because when God find no fault in Christ, not about himself, but by hiring all the critics to find no fault, then you can be free. It's for your freedom, God raised up the enemy in this hour. It's for your freedom, God raised up the against saying of Korah and all of those that have to find fault in this message. God raised them up. It's for to send you free. You have a scripture? Isaiah 4, 54. Behold, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire. And that brings forth an instrument for his work. 
God said, I created them. He created the Smith. You know what a Smith means? It's not the last name. That means it's skillful to destroy. They're very skillful to find fault. Very skillful to destroy. But God said, I created them. Even here and on there, I want to create them to find fault that in this Christ. And then a blow coals in the fire and bring forth an instrument of his work. The tongue said that the sick coming up and they say this message is not right, that the Christ is this wrong and that wrong. God said, I have created the waster to destroy. But no weapon that is a form against thee shall prosper. And every town that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith to the Lord. God raised up all of those things. God created the one who blow the fire, the coal. God created them to use the instrument of their tongue, of the slander, of their jeering, of their mocking, and all of that. Try to find fault in this message. But thank God, there's no fault that in this Christ. There's no fault in this bloody, bleeding word of God in this hour. Why? Because of God himself. He is that word. When there's no fault, guess what? God said, you are free. Because there is no fault. No fault in the word that you ever received. That's why you are free. It's for your freedom, God raised them up. It's for your freedom, God raised up the enemy of the word of a God. When there's a no fault to be fine, God said to Sister Joanne, you are free. God said to the brother Ben, you are free. All the fault finding is only come at one conclusion. It's for your freedom. You're not a slave anymore. But you're a son and daughter of a God. Worthy for the word of a God that in this hour. I'm thinking about let a musician come. You remember Brother Branham talking about the slave. During the Civil War, that his home is coming from a Africa continent, but he was a soldier to be a slave. Then in the plantation, and he can never be go home anymore. But one day there's a buyer coming over, said, "I want to buy this slave," but he said, "It's not for sale." And he's a working upright, stuck his chest out, and he never had to push him as you do. He was a good worker. He know he's a king's son. Because his father is a king of the tribe. Maybe that's just me. I'm kind of a weird thinker. And that buyer, gone. I always wondered what after. 
I told you I'm a weird thought, so there's something to wave the difference in my mind. I always was thinking about what after. He's a, such a good worker. The boss, just taking him as a regular slave. He just work in the plantation. And when that buyer gone, let me just, let's just uh, let our imagination go a little while. And when the buyer gone, I think the boss all of a sudden realized this slave actually worth something. He actually worth more than what I position give it to him. So maybe the slave or the boss just thinking about, you know, I'll give him increase. I'll give him a good wage. I even make him become a foreman. Become a lead hands in the whole group. He said, I, you know, all this year I didn't recognize his value. The outsider coming over recognized this one I want to buy. He's available to me. That boss maybe gave him an increase. Maybe even, uh, you know, use him as a, as a, a CEO or in the company or something. Maybe even share some of uh, the company share with him. Let him become a part of the company. I'm talking about you. And then the boss all of a sudden realizes his value, his worthiness. And maybe even uh, let him marry to another slave girl. And then they all live a happy life in the plantation. But you know, in that slave, there was always something in his heart. This is not my land. This is not my home. I'm coming from another world. My father is the king of another land. But then the boss said, you can never go home. You will never be able to go back to your home. Why don't you just lodge down? Why don't you just live here happily? You know, you got a wife. You got a good family. You're, you're becoming a second boss. You become a foreman. You become the CEO. I even share my company share with you. I give you the stock. You're doing good. Why do you need to go back to the land? But there is a something always tucked in that slave. No matter how good living he lived, he's always a slave. No matter how good, happy life he can be on that land, but he's always, his identity is always slave. He's not free. He doesn't have a freedom. But one day, that slave at evening time, he went out. Just something. The things that in the world has been so distracted in him. But something down in the heart. Believers. If there's a something tugging in you. Tell you this is not your home. Your home is beyond the blue. That's what God has prepared to us. He go out for a walk. And he look. He saw a paper. And then. He take that paper out. He look at it. It's emancipation proclamation. It's Lincoln has signed the emancipation of a proclamation. He said every slave can be free. And he look at that. 
and something just started to echo in his heart. I remember the time when I was at a three self church at the outside when I received my emancipation proclamation. There was a friendship there. There was a family there. There was a good people there. There was a denomination of a church, all there's a business and everything. But something tugging. Something tugging. Said Murphy, you don't belong to this land. You belong to the beyond of the blue. Because you have a father that's in another land that is a calling you. And I answered that call. Have you answered a call? Have you heard the trumpet of a jubilee song? Maybe some young people, you live a good life. You may be able to live a happy life. But isn't there something just tugging in you? You're still a slave. Your identity hasn't changed yet. But you don't have to be sad. You don't have to be discouraged because the emancipation of her proclamation has signed. You said, how much value to it? There was hundreds of a thousand soldiers died for that paper. There was a, there was a county after county, city after city has been burned for that paper. There was a blood has been shed for that paper. Abraham Lincoln shed his own blood for that paper. That freedom that has been bought for the slave. Maybe the boss is threatening him. Maybe the boss has a tempting in him. But he come home, talk to his wife. Said, honey, let's pack up. Maybe even his wife said, honey, we live a happy life here. Why are we going home? Well, I don't even never even been there. But he said, I've been there. I was born there. Just pack up. Let's get out of here. The boss will wave, wave up to the score to try to scorch him. He said, don't you ever do that. Because I have the emancipation of a proclamation. God find no fault in this Christ, in this hour. For your freedom. So that you can be free. If the Son of Man sent you free. And you are free indeed. Maybe there is a loss of slave. They haven't heard the emancipation of a proclamation. They may be thinking they're unworthy. But slaves, do you realize it's not a resting on your worthiness, but it's a resting on his worthiness. Are you a slave of a money? Are you a slave of a certain relationship? Are you a slave of your job? Are you a slave of your depression? Are you a slave of the, just name it? Are you a slave of them? Have you heard the Jubilee song? That you can go home. May the Lord bless every one of you. Let's just sing a song. Thou art, oh, sorry, uh, worthy, the one, um, 562, uh, hear the cry of the uh, shackle. As we sing in the song, let us, uh, let's really think about this. Let us really meditate about it. It's not your worthiness, but it's His worthiness. He is worthy to take the book that He said you are worthy. And there's no fault in Him. That's why you can be set free. Let's sing it all together. 
Oh, hear the cry. Hear the cries of the shackles. price of freedom has been paid that the price of a sanctified life has been paid the price of a holiness has been paid
So you don't have to pay. But you need to accept the price that has been paid. The life in Christ, that price has been paid. The price for a rapture. To live a life of a faith. Not be tried down by Satan anymore. That price, everything has already been paid. So that you don't have to pay that anymore. The only thing you need to do, accept what he has to pay. And not only just believe it, confess it. And act upon it. Act like you have it. Because that belongs to you. Is that something you are illegally get? Is it something legally that you possess? Because he has given that to you. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, just a little broken message here, Lord. But Lord, I pray you bring the word to the people's heart. Lord, reveal yourself to each one of the people. That no matter they're going, they're listening or watching or going to watch. But Lord, let a word of God go deeper in the people's heart. Lord, may they understand. It's not their worthiness, but it's your worthiness. How worthy you are, Lord. You're the worthy lamb that took the book, that opened the seven seals, and revealed that they gave it to your prophet, that how we appreciate that you send a man, that you choose a man out of nothing, that in the Kentucky, that a mountain, Lord, is not educated, but Lord, you choose that vessel. You counted him worthy to have this book that's been revealed. And then he revealed his word and preached it and to us. And you counted on us to be worthy to receive the word in this hour. Lord, how many years that the people only can look at, but even look cannot even worthy to look. And read cannot worthy to read. But Lord, you're called us not even worthy, not only just worthy to look, to read, but to possess and to eat thereof and to prophesy that again. We thank you, Lord. I just pray you, Lord, as we dismiss the congregation, Lord, may you be wisdom. May the presence of God linger around in wherever they are. Lord, may they not just be a hearer of the word, but be doer of the word. Lord, if they ever live under the privilege, Lord, may they rise up because their light has come. If the people of the heaven really know this a wonderful, great Savior, hasn't really, really understand, not really been given himself to this worthy one, to receive the worthy one in their heart, Lord, I pray, may tonight it be their night. When they find that a quieter place in their closet or whatever they are, Lord, may you reveal yourself to them. Father, I thank you. I just pray that you be with the different needs that are amongst the congregation. But Tom has a name, a different name. There's some name and probably that we don't even know. But Lord, you know, Lord. I pray that the presence of God go to each one of them. Go to Brother Milko, Brother Harry, Sister Bev, Brother God, Sister Clara. Go to their room, Lord. Let the presence of God go there. Do the healing work. That a healing virtue just goes through each room. That it heal the sick body. We thank you, Lord. 
we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing another song. Thou art worthy before we go. Number 76. Thou art worthy. Oh, shake hands with you but I want to say from the heart of bottom of my heart I love all of you and if the Lord willing if we're still here we'll see you on Sunday and I believe uh, uh, Tom going to preach and brother Ken Andy going to minister it in the night and we're looking forward for a wonderful time but carry this atmosphere with you carry the presence of a God with you let me say the one more thing you are worthy because he is worthy. The Lord bless every one of you. You're dismissed.